Okay. And I'm going to go. Hambo here. And finally got back into the habit of doing a podcast near the beginning, or kind of the beginning of the month. So here I am doing this podcast for you. I'm going to be doing a review of Thor 4 Love and Thunder, uh, which I saw a few days ago. And yeah, so let's get into it, I guess. Um, all right, I was a big fan of uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, it came out about four years ago. And uh, remember, because that was a big uh, year for me, because I turned uh, the big 4 0 that year. And uh, yeah, here we are, about four years later. Um, Maybe a little bit more than that. But, uh, yeah, more than four years later. Um, so, I wanted to do this review before I... And I actually wanted to see this movie before any reviews came out. Because, so yeah, I had to stay off the internet. It wasn't too easy. Because I watch YouTube most of the time. Uh, yeah, the beginning of this movie... Um, starts you off with the journey of the villain. And this is going to be a spoilers review, just so you know. Always do spoilers review. I, I very rarely do non-spoiler review. So. Um, which you kind of... Uh, it builds uh, sympathy for your, your villain. Who, he's a worshiper of, of a god. And it looks like kind of like a... Incan or, or a Mayan kind of type god in this and his kid uh well first of all the um gore i guess i think gore is the name of the villain in this he he loses uh his his daughter out in the in the desert they're like dying of thirst and they're lost or whatever and he prays to his god and the kid ends up passing, and so he ends up uh, coming onto an oasis, and that's where his his god is is hanging out, and he, he's asking for you know hey uh, you know we needed help uh, I'm I'm your only worshiper left we were decimated, and pretty much the the god treats him like crap, and. Yeah, and uh, so, uh, Gore is just kind of crying because he lost so much. And the guy picks him up like he was about to kill him or, or do something or hurt him. And I guess there's a previous uh, entity or person that was trying to kill uh, that god. But uh, the sword that that that, uh, that thing was using... Um, comes over to Gore's hand and it helps him decapitate his god because uh, uh, he felt uh, slighted and uh, because his prayers were not answered and everyone died pretty much. So that's a, that's a good interesting opening opener 
Uh, I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about this previous thing, that entity that tried to kill the his god or was going around trying to kill things all the gods and, and, and what the history was there and um, I, I felt like there was something else slightly missing there maybe in a longer version um, but I guess the sword gives Gore the power of, of a god in a way and he has uh like his lights, his, his eyes start to light up now because he's got this magic sword and, and everything. And you know the the weapon thing in this movie is is what I'm going to touch on because it, it kind of comes back to the weapons in this story. Uh, you know Thor is having uh, problems uh, or. or not having problems, but he, you know, he has his Stormbringer axe uh, that he made, so he's been using that. And New Asgard, I guess, is is on Earth, and that's where sh shards of the original hammer are still in in display there, on on display. And I really, uh, there's some good things in this movie that I like, like I like the New Asgard. They expanded on the New Asgard thing. And it's kind of a touristy, kind of a Disneyland kind of thing, but kind of like a real place. People are really living there. And you got all these kids living there. You got Hemdel's uh, uh, kid living there because Hemdel uh, has, 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 was killed by uh, Thanos, I believe. Thanos or what's her name? Or Thor's sister, uh, Hela. Um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was Thanos. So, yeah, there, there's all that going on. Thor runs into, um, Jane Foster and she is just kind of, uh, you know, they haven't talked in a long time since Thor to Dark World, I think. And they have flash a flashback scene of them living together, and why it didn't work out, um, which was fine, you know. I think we needed that. Um, she has cancer, and even with all the technology that they have in this, they can't defeat it. She can't defeat it, so she reads up on Thor's hammer, and Thor's hammer can bring health and vitality and all that so she she I'm trying to remember how she gets this hammer and it, it gets rebuilt uh, somehow and so I'm gonna be paraphrasing and skipping around a lot <laughs> she gets the hammer somehow and she becomes uh, mighty Thor and uh and, and so we're going from there and uh, there's some uh, yeah Thor's with the Guardians of the Galaxy and they're on a, a mission I think this near the beginning of the movie and he and there's a big fight sequence battle sequence and Thor ends up saving the day with the Guardians but he destroys like their version of like Taj Mahal um, 
and so he's still kind of bumbling about how he saves the day and uh, yeah he decides to stay there um, on the planet with these goats and his rock buddy I forgot what his rock buddy's name is in this and so they, they free these goats or no they get a goat these goats uh, that are that scream for some reason um, really loud and kind of annoyingly and so these goats end up being kind of like the reindeer to the uh, the Viking type ship uh, that Thor and Valkyrie and and the mighty Thor end up uh, going around on which is a lot I need I like that I like I kind of like the idea of the new Asgard being a kind of like a semi you know it's a real place but it's kind of touristy like a Disneyland um, but it's they really have uh, people living there and so it has some kind of uh, realness to it and so yeah they go off and they find out um, that there's this gore guy going around killing gods they have to go I think they go to I forgot why they go to visit uh, Zeus and that's where I think Zeus tells them uh, there's, a, there's a god butcher going around killing everybody uh, Zeus is played by Russell Crowe and I see Russell Crowe in all due respect hasn't slimmed down from his last role <laughs> there and I think maybe that was on maybe it was on purpose I hope so uh, because Zeus is a bit of a farce in this movie he's pretty damn silly he's got uh, he's wearing a skirt and he's kind of acting feminine and uh, he's got like kind of a I don't know if they're trying to go for, he was trying to go for a Greek accent, but maybe kind of an Italian accent. Um, but he's silly. He's kind of silly. Um, he doesn't really get serious until the, the end, um, which I'll tell you about. He has a uh, lightning bolt. No, yeah, a bolt weapon, which is kind of cool. I like that. So again, it's about the weapons again. And... Um, Thor and and Mighty Thor and Valkyrie, they all end up uh, end up fighting in this arena because Zeus gets offended or something like that. And Zeus ends up killing the uh, rock, his Thor's rock buddy, in which uh, Thor kills Zeus, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> it was pretty like, oh wow, I wasn't expecting that. And uh, Thor straight up kills Zeus in this movie. So I was like, wow. There, there's a lot of... Um, this one is... This is sillier than Ragnarok, if that's possible. Um, the, I, the first act and a half, the 1.5 uh, part of this movie is a little slow. Um, but... It's not bad because they're trying to set some things up. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it, the the going from the first act to the second act is really uh, it's kind of a strange experience. The momentum of the and the pacing of the movie uh, kind of loses you a little bit, uh, and before you know it, you're at the third act of the movie. Um, so. Mighty Thor, she has Mjolnir now, the original hammer. And the Stormbringer axe, axe, axe <laughs> kind of jealous. And everything else, Thor wants his original hammer back. And I forgot how the Mighty Thor, the new Thor, the Jane Foster Thor, fixed the hammer. But here's one of the qualms I have about the movie. The thing is, and I don't know if it was like this in the comic book, um, Jane just kind of, you know, it's, there's a lot of hand-waving. Like, okay, you become a Thor, you can instantly fight and kick butt. And it's like, uh, there's a lot of that going on in this movie. And there's, there's, uh, there's a scene with the, towards the end with the kids, uh, because he's up against, uh, Thor's up against Gore. And, and Gore's giant spider shadow spider things. And the kids don't know how, how to fight or anything like that. But uh, Thor does kind of a, a magic thing with his weapon, with the Stormbringer. Or, or, no, the, the bolt. The bolt that he, ha he has. And he ends up making them all like natural born warriors or something like that. Like instantly. So they, all, they can all fight. Now, it's a cute scene. Like, there's a kid with a bunny that gets us, uh, the bunny gets enchanted and it can shoot laser beams or, it's, or bolts out of its eyes. Um, but it's still a little, eh. Again, it's hand wavy. It's not very earned. I think that's what it is. It's like, I, I don't know if I can't, I don't really get along with that. Like, if you just, if you just make somebody a Thor without any kind of training or years of fighting, they can just automatic, automatically kick all sorts of butt. It's like, well, there's no there's no hero's arc to that. And there's no, there's no training montage with that. It's just, it just happens. It's very 5e. It's very D&D &D 5e. <laughs> Where it's like, uh, it just, it hand waves a lot of stuff. And, uh, now, I like Natalie Portman in this movie. I think she does a fine job. Um, and she's likable uh, in, in the, as this Mighty Thor. And they got the costume down pretty well. I never I never really cared for the Mighty Thor in the comics. Uh, I, I didn't like that era of Marvel Comics, really. And Thor was gone for too long. Um, the original one. Um... So for what they're doing with, with that character, I think it's all right. But I, it's still not my cup of tea. Um, now, all that being said, it's an entertaining time at the movies. And I didn't feel like my money was wasted. However, I, it doesn't have the same kind of um, momentum and feel of Ragnarok. Uh you don't have Hulk in it. I, I think Hulk was a lot of the Ragnarok too. That big battle uh, was cool. Um, but this doesn't... You don't have the giant wolf in this one. Uh, you don't have the uh, the big... Uh, I forgot what that guy's name was. The big 
burning demon that was trying to bring about uh, Ragnarok. And um, But not to say that this doesn't have some good parts in it. I think it does. Uh, there's some good fight scenes in it, and uh, but I think a lot of the jokes don't don't connect. Again, I, again, I think they're trying too hard to be funny, and when you do that, I think you have to have a a comedy writer as opposed to a screenplay writer just trying to be funny. I really do think when it comes to jokes in movies, you need a comedian. Or comedy, straight up comedy writer, because they don't understand that jokes have to be deeper than just like, "Hey, isn't that a funny, weird scenario?" Or in that, you know, it's like you kind of need levels of a joke. You know, you need punchlines, you need callbacks, you need all sorts of things to make something truly funny. And there's a lot of half-assing with the funniness in this. So, yeah, and and. The thing is, it's like it's it's a wobbly kind of balance. Uh, ever since uh, Tiger, uh, Taita, no. Watiti, and Tiger, uh, Taita. I mean, Google's name. Just make sure. Yeah, Taika. Sorry, sorry, Taika Watiti um, is trying to. He's trying to be funny with it. But when you do that, it can take away from seriousness. Now, Doctor Who is a great example of this. The first, you know, the seasons uh, with uh, David Tennant and Chris Eccleston. Where it's silly, it's goofy, but it's serious when it needs to be and emotional when it needs to be. This is a little bit too silly and when they try to be serious, it doesn't quite work so much. It's a tough balance because, you know, in the first two Thor movies, they are serious with a little bit of humor, but mostly serious. Or these are the other extremes. This is, it's a bit silly, but a little bit of seriousness. And Christian Bale, you know, thank God uh, for Christian Bale because he grounds it in a kind of reality from his emotional performance. I think the movie definitely needed it in a minute. Even though, even with the motivation his character has, I think the character could have been a bit more. They could have added some more, I don't know, some more intrigue, uh, especially for an actor like him in this in this movie. I, I think he just has a kind of, of a minimal, good enough motivation, but I don't know. I, and the scenes that he's in are really good. He chews the scenery, so um, that is good. Uh, the effects are good, except for the uh, Gore's spider shadow spider things, which I I never quite knew what they were, if they were full spiders or shadow demons or what the deal was. It gets a little wonky with them uh, and the kids uh, turning into the, the Thor kids and, and fighting and everything. Um, other than that, I didn't have much of a problem with it. Um, I like the scenes with the uh, the ship flying around and the rain, re making the rainbow bridges and stuff like that. That's fine. Um, also, Thor has a helmet in this. He brings a helmet on for like one scene, and 
I'm trying to think if it's inspired by it looks like it's been inspired by one in the comics that came out in the 90s um, but it's it looks a little gaudy it, it's a little over the top it's kind of like a super super uh, version of Thor's uh, winged helmet I again I loved Thor's original winged helmet like that they showed in the first you know, two minutes of the move of the first Thor movie. I thought it was great. It's too bad they couldn't. I don't know. I think there was reports that Chris couldn't keep the helmet on or something. But it looks great when he wears that winged helmet. I love it. Like even the callback one in Ragnarok, where it's kind of like a futuristic version of that. I think that I I thought that really adds to the look of the character. I think him with just a blonde hair is fine, but I think the helmet, the winged helmet, just adds to the whole aesthetically, to the whole spirit of that character. Um, because it, that when he puts that, when he has that on, it, he he has that on. It means I'm a superhero. We're gonna get down to business, you know. Um, Chris Hemsworth again, great. He's awesome in it. He's super buff in this one. And I think that might have to do with, uh, I've heard that he's playing Hulk Hogan or he's, he's been working out for that movie. So he's even more buff in this. So that that's incredible. He got in some really amazing shape, man, for this. The Guardians of the Galaxy, they're good. It's good seeing them again um, in the opening scenes. That was great. I like that. I thought there would be a little bit more Guardian stuff uh, since they're, you know, traveling together. But I thought that the... the them traveling together and everything i think you really had the good uh back and forth between him and chris pratt uh chris pratt uh and and the rest of the crew uh although it would have been cool to have another scene with him uh in the ship i have a few more scenes with him and 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 uh, uh traveling with the guardians and getting into like a, a little mini adventure or something like that Maybe in a deleted, uh, that's going to be in a deleted scene, but, um, yeah, so, yeah, there, there is a scene where they, they go into the rock, uh, the rock guys, um, uh, I can't, just for lack of a better term, I don't remember the, his buddy's name, but his buddy gets killed and, and when they are fighting Zeus and all that, and that's when uh, Thor kills Zeus, and the rock guy is just a face, and uh, there's a scene where he's like in the in the boat or whatever, and he's talking to Valkyrie, and you know Valkyrie had a girlfriend and everything, just she missed, and then they go um uh wait a second. He goes talk. He talks about oh yes, and I, you know, I, I, I uh, want to have. I think he wanted to have a baby with another rock guy, and uh, and it's it's kind of descriptive, and it wasn't kind of done in a way that was like subtle. It's very obvious, you know, that they're trying to, uh, uh, I think, kind of uh, promote. I don't know. Uh, 
I don't know, like, he gets, like, they're t obviously two male type. I mean, yeah, they're aliens, but they're two male type of aliens. I mean, the other one has a, a mustache, for Pete's sake. And they have, and it's like, I mean, I don't want to think about that. You know, they're having uh, uh, pretty much guy alien uh, rock sex to have a kid. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to think about that. That's, that's too much. Do we need that? And the answer is no. You don't need that to the character. The character's pretty much, he, he's a comedic sidekick, pretty much. And uh, that feels very of the time right now with the politics uh, as they are, you know, with the... Uh, the whole pride politics right now so that was a bit silly and they didn't need that so i took the point off for that and uh what else what else the black and white scene at the end is cool i like that that was neat although i wasn't sure quite why everything was in black and white they didn't really explain that good enough um what's your name um one of uh, Thor's teammates from back on Asgard, she gets her, her arm cut off. I thought that was an interesting uh, development. So that had a little bit of consequences right there and edginess, I guess. Um, but again, nothing wrong with Jane, uh, you know, Jane uh, Foster is the character in this. I just thought how she became Thor, we needed a montage of how she learned to become a... a it's a great fighter because her scenes are good, you know, but it's like, how would you get so good? It's just hand waving. It's like, it's just magic. It's like, yeah, that's a little lazy, you know. So, and there, there's some inconsistencies, at least, or at least I didn't get it with the, uh, the hammer was supposed to give vitality to her, but it actually is taking her energy away. And she's becoming weaker when she returns to mortal form because she had cancer. So it didn't help her with her cancer. It's hurting her. So it's like, but when she read the book about Thor's hammer, it said, uh, oh no, uh, you know, um, um, no, it's supposed to give health and vitality. So maybe I missed something there. Or just the writers, it did, didn't, hammer that in for lack of a better pun uh for me to know why the hammer has these two opposite things going on um natalie portman's arms in this they look that was pretty good like they look pretty buff and i don't think they were cg so i gotta give her some credit for uh, getting in some good bicep curls because it looked she looked pretty good uh, doing that stuff. Again, I just kind of wish that... I wish they explained that they had explained it better. And, and there wasn't so magic, so much magic hand-waving. Because the kid's kicking some butt at the end. I mean, yeah, it's cute. And, you, you know, you definitely go with it. It's de definitely suspension of disbelief there. Um, but it's just kind of... Again, you kind of wish it was earned. Somehow it felt very... Uh, not as smart of a script as maybe some of the other Thor movies. Um, not that any of the scripts have been that strong, but this one felt kind of weak in about how things tie in together and and uh, emotional payoffs. Um, overall, this movie, 
Um, I, I realize I'm skipping some stuff. There's there's a silly scene uh, where there's a, a, a magic dumpling. Not magic. A, a dumpling god. So what, they're in the hall. Um, of Zeus's hall. Their temple or whatever. Where all gods from all over different uh, nations, you know, um, different parts of the country are there. It kind of, it's like the scene in the Star Wars, the prequels, where they're in the, um, the big, huge, uh, stadium. And Palpatine is in the, on the floating, they're all on the floating, uh, stands and everything. It's kind of like that. Um, but I thought this was a missed opportunity to introduce other gods and how they really got along and where they came to terms with Zeus being the number one guy. And uh, that's all interesting. And I thought that was like missed. They really could have gone into that a lot more. Uh, missed opportunity. The Easter egg wasn't that much with, uh, at the very end with Natalie Portman, she ends up, uh, you know, she does, you know, she ends up dying, but she ends up in uh, Valhalla. And she meets uh, Hemdale, and uh, which is okay. It's like okay, so I'm gonna see what they do with that. Um, and oh yeah, there's a big. I'm missing this part. Um, I did like that they brought in Eternity, which is a character in the comics. Um, and what they tried to do with that character a little bit was interesting. Uh, so that was that was a good one. Um, and it does, it's a good, it's a decent emotional scene at the end. Where um, uh, Jane Foster ends up uh, dying. And so Thor ends up helping. Um, uh, uh, Gore's kid gets brought back to life through eternity, I guess. And there's some kind of exchange there. Like somebody, like. Natalie has to die so the kid can live. And so Thor ends up taking care of uh, Gore's kid. Because uh, Gore's kid comes back to life. Through eternity, I guess. That's the deal that he made or, or something like that. And uh, so Thor has to take care of the kid. And again, the kid's kicking some butt. The kid's jumping through the air. And yeah. At the end, into some enemies. Um, but, you know, I can kind of assume that Thor was training the kid how to be a warrior and everything and, and all that. Now, the pre-ending scene, after some of the credits, uh, Hercules, no, yeah, I just said it, <laughs> Zeus has a good little speech about gods, and now the gods are forgotten, now the superheroes have replaced them, and he's like, what do you think, what do you think? Hercules, and he shows Hercules, and Hercules looks really good comic accurate wise, and Hercules was a, a main player in the uh, uh, Infinity Gauntlet, or one of the characters that was in Infinity Gauntlet. Um, see, now they're bringing back all the characters that were important in that story, like uh, She-Hawk. They're finally bringing out She-Hawk now, and Adam Warlock, finally. But it's all after the fact, after the uh, Infinity Saga. So that's a bit out of sequence. And uh, so that's kind of annoying that now they're bringing them in. And 
yeah, another new character for the MCU. So they're bringing out all these new characters. And we don't quite know where it's going to go. I like that they're bringing out the new characters, but quite, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is, uh, Kevin Feige. I really don't. I don't really know if he knows either. <laughs> Although he says he knows. Uh, I'm on to him a little bit. I'm on to him. And uh, so this movie, overall, I give it a 7.5. Um, it's kind of a flawed movie. You know, there's some silliness in it. There's a little bit of forced PC-ness in it. Um, I wanted to give it an 8. Like, this is a good... It, it, it's good It's good enough. It's good enough to where you'll have a good time. There's some good scenes. It's not as good as Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Which that, was, that was close to a 9 movie for me. Um... And uh, it's too bad it's not a great movie. I, it's a good movie, kind of, but it's not a great movie. And uh, it's just barely a good movie. You know, it's like, man, this one is a little, whew, this one's a little loosey here. Um, but uh, again, everyone, Chris is still solid. Hemsworth, uh, the designs on, on Thor's uh, costume are a little bit more over the top, a little bit garish, but I, I like it. It still works. Um, I don't know. Not as good as Ragnarok. And Christian Bale is really good. Um, but there's some things that they could have explored and gone deeper with. Um... Again, you won't be wasting your money if you go. But it's just kind of like, ah, I just wish it was a bit better. I wish, I think in our, in my head, I think with what they had and the actors they had and, and the characters they had, especially with Gore, I thought Gore could have been more and had a few more. Really, all they needed, all Thor really needed to do is kind of talk to Gore and say, look, I pre I understand that you lost your kid and you know um your god was was terrible and he threatened to kill you and everything but we're not all like that and let me show you some examples or tell you you know and kind of really could have ended in a really good deep long discussion <laughs> but you know it's a superhero movie you got to have a confrontation but there still could have been, I think, a few more scenes with him and Gore talking about everything that happened. Um, maybe a few more back-and-forth schemes of some sort with Gore and Thor. Um, a little bit more complex. Uh, um of a climax, a little bit more complex complexity of the climax at the end of this movie. Um, it does have some emotional payoff. But again, there are some problems. Uh, it main, mainly, it just, it's, you know, the kids and um, Mighty Thor just getting the, the magic hand wave. And not all the comedy working. Um, that's the problem with comedy. If you lean on it too much, 
you're not you're not gonna be killing it every time. It's like you're gonna have some clunker jokes. You know, take it from me. I've wrote I've written nothing but clunker jokes <laughs> for stand up. Maybe one or two decent jokes here and there. Um, so anyway, that's my review. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be doing a YouTube version of this one. Maybe, maybe not. If I do, it'll probably be, it'll be a short one. But, uh, yeah. Uh, there you go. Enjoy. And uh, I'll see you in the next episode. And uh, long days, pleasant nights, everyone.